Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Four Person Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. Everybody, and it is tonight is taking to the streets, and 
I was fortunate enough to see that man do that song, Michael McDonald, who was the lead singer for the Doobie Brothers. And I was fortunate enough a few years back to see him do that song along with the few others at a place called Wolf Trap. And it was a, it was a pretty good show, got to admit. Uh, he is a uh, he is a very, very talented musician. So anyway, let's get to our show tonight. Uh, Terry, how you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, brother, pretty good. Um, I've been uh, thinking about tonight's topic for the last few months, and um, I was able to put some words to uh, – to the thoughts that was bouncing around inside my head. And uh, that's what I want to do tonight. The topic is going to be uh, uh, discipline or self-discipline to be more specific, you know. I'm listening. Um, As I'm going through, um, I I might have a few uh, people that's on. if you see uh, area code 501, that's my brother-in-law, uh, okay. and you can bring him on. Or if you have any comments, I'm going to read through this short piece first. And then if you got any comments while I'm reading, feel free to, to stop me so we can comment on, so you can comment on, on uh, whatever I had just read. Okay? You got it. Yep. I'm going to get started um, with a short prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Discipline is the quality of being able to behave and work in a controlled way which involves obeying particular rules or standards. Sports figures are are praised for their discipline. Michael Jordan and and Kobe Bryant were two of the most disciplined athletes of our time, arguably. Um, In 1995, Michael Jordan trained five hours a day while simultaneously filming the movie Space Jam. That discipline and drive led him to to be the highest scoring player in 1996, and he also won the MVP that year. This is after coming back from a, a, a retirement where he was trying to play an entirely different sport. In sports, we consider discipline a great virtue. How many times did Paul liken Christianity to sports? Paul often compared living the Christian life akin to competing in one sport or another. Consider his fight the good fight or run with patience or we wrestle not against flesh and blood statements. Why use these analogies? The Greek athletes who participated in the games were known for their discipline, and Paul knew that in order to follow Christ, it would require extreme self-discipline, self-mastery, if you will. Let us look at just a few of the verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may retain. 
And every man that striveth for mastery is temperate with all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, least by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Our human bodies have have natural desires that can be good and holy when they are ordered, ruled by our intellect and reason, which has been submitted unto the will of God. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When we, when we become slaves to the desires of our flesh, we, dis, we disorder the good and holy aspects of our bodies that were designed to glorify God. Satan cares not one way or another about mankind. He wants to get at us, to hurt us, in order to hurt God, because we were made in his image and in his likeness. Satan knows he cannot hurt God, but he can manipulate us to hurt ourselves, to hurt each other. And since we were made in God's image and likeness, it is the best that Satan's got. Everything Satan does is a, is a perversion of what already is. He is a creator of nothing. He takes creation and tries to turn it upside down. Let, let's look at, at just a few Chastity, the God-given virtue of chastity is refraining from sexual pleasure or sexual intercourse outside of marriage. Sexual intercourse is reserved for a man and a woman in the union of marriage and should always be open to procreation. This is how God created us. The perversion, that would be lust. Ordered desire for sexual pleasure, wherein sexual pleasure is sought for itself, isolated from its unitive and procreative process. Another virtue that God has given to us is temperance, the moral virtue that, that moderates the attractions of, of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. This is a virtue that is pleasing to God and one that is also physically beneficial to all who practice it. How does Satan turn it upside down? Gluttony. And and that don't just mean the, the intemperate eating and drinking, but the overindulgence of anything that is pleasing to the flesh and that in itself is not simple, but in excess becomes the fifth of the cardinal sins. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. 
When he made that statement, he was scheduled to be executed, and he counted that as success. That got me to wonder, what, what do we count? What do we count as success? I mean, what's the first thing that comes to our mind? A good job? A big house? These things ain't bad. But the central focus, the first thing that should come to our mind when we consider success should be our walk with Jesus Christ. And in in following him, we're guaranteed to face tribulations and hardships. Be not dismayed if the world hates you, for it first hated our king and crucified him. Paul says to Timothy again, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strives for masteries, yet he is not crowned, except he strives lawfully. Society tells us, do what thou wilt. To indulge in any activity that brings you pleasure. And we have been psyoped into calling stoic masculinity toxic, making men soft and, 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 and less disciplined. But strong men are necessary as the war for the souls of men rages. Stoic masculinity is a required virtue for men in the upcoming battles. We must train. We must practice. We must beat our bodies by denying ourselves too much pleasure in worldly activities. Satan has perverted every single godly virtue and and somehow has made them attractive his perversion attractive to us. But let me tell you, the seven deadly sins are nothing more than diamond-encrusted, gold-plated herbs. And Satan's greatest weapon is us. You heard me correctly. His greatest weapon is us. We are our own worst enemy, and therefore we must discipline ourselves We must check every single thought and make certain it is pleasing to God. We must look at every action and ask ourselves, does this glorify God? Like Paul said, I beat my body and bring it under subjection. We we must master ourselves and make ourselves subject to the will of God. That is success. We must Pick devotionals to do regularly. Say a rosary daily. Read God's word. Get to know God's word. If you know God's word, you know Jesus because Jesus is the word of God. Do adoration, kneeling in front of the blessed sacrament. Exercise the mind, body, heart, and soul that make up your whole person. Be well equipped to give an answer to any question about the faith. And I'm going to say this. Be physically dangerous to this world by keeping your body fit and ready to be an agent for good. For true humility is power restrained. And you cannot exercise the virtue of humility if you have no power to restrain. 
There is no excuse for failure. Again, we are made in the image and likeness of God Almighty. Let us stand up and be accounted for. Amen. Brother, uh, you got any comments? Yeah, so much. Uh, when you what you just said about if you have no power to restrain, then it, it's not a virtue. <laughs> uh, right. Meekness, meekness is a virtue. Cowardice is not a virtue. Um, That's right. And I, I just want to there, there are a couple of things that I need to set some Catholics straight on and some other people straight on that. That they they kind of get off the reservation. It kind of builds off of what you said. Um, first of all, uh, how many times have you heard this? Violence is always wrong. How many times have you heard people say that? <laughs> right, right, yeah. All right. Well, crazy. let me correct you. Yeah. There are times when violence is not only right but absolutely necessary. If you will, if you see somebody harming a child, and you do not visit violence upon that person, at least in enough measure to rescue that child, that's not a virtue. That's not a virtue. That's a vice. So you're you're right. We do need to be trained: mind, body, soul, heart. Another thing. How many times have you seen? Uh, and, and, you know, we're supposed to actually, in the Catholic Church, we're supposed to actually refrain from meat on every Friday, not just during Lent. Uh, but, you know, the churches in some places or other are a little bit more lenient outside of Lent. Regardless of that, how many times have you seen this? Uh, okay, so you're not eating meat on Friday. What are you having? Oh, I'm, I'm going to have... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have uh, shrimp scampi and and and, and lobster, and I'm gonna have swordfish. And you kind of missed the point, didn't you? Right. Do you do you know why the church chose meat to abstain from? Well, I it was I, I it really was, do not. It was way before the days of refrigeration. Okay, and meat would spoil quickly. And because meat would spoil quickly and it couldn't be preserved even for short durations of time, meat was very, very expensive. Okay? So going without meat meant it was a, it was a, it was a sacrifice because meat was kind of a luxury. Now, maybe that needs to be updated nowadays, uh, to, today, to whatever might be the luxuries today, whatever. The point is, it's not about meat. The point is, about it's about living simply so that others may simply live. Because the idea behind it was to take the money that you were going to spend on meat and give it to the poor. Give it to the church. Help those who are, who are less fortunate. It doesn't mean that we just simply move from one luxury to another luxury. And the last thing right, I wanted right. to point now, I, the last I, go I ahead. Think, uh, well, I think uh, to touch on that about the the fasting and prayer, um, I think that's another um, great way for us to uh, to discipline. It goes right into what I was saying. That that's a great way for us to discipline ourselves and submit our will to God. Because you never see in the Bible anywhere where it says to fast. By itself, or you know, you always fast and prayer. 
are always together, right? Mm-hmm. And when you deny your body, this that's one of those those things I was talking about. Like uh, gluttony doesn't ha- doesn't always mean like a guy that just shoves his do- donuts in his mouth every second that he gets. Um, gluttony can be failing to um, deny the body. That's what Paul always said over and over. I, I beat my body. I bring it under submission. And and fasting and praying is is one of the ways that we can master ourselves, you know? Yeah. And, you know, anyone that wants to understand, you know, all of these things that you're saying, they're difficult. And and living the holy life and training yourself in a holy life, it's difficult. I struggle with it every single day, so does everybody else. Uh, but one of the things that you can look at is the 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 what was called the simple way uh, by St. Teresa of Lisieux. And, and it was later adopted by uh, St. Uh, Jose uh, Marie Escriva into Opus Dei. And it's basically th- this. You will have introduced into your life sufficient trials, obstacles, circumstances for your own sa- uh, sanctification. There are a lot of prayers that you can pray to God that he may answer or may not, uh, down to, you know, will you save my loved one, or, or will you uh, cure my loved one of, of, of this disease, or will you uh, help me be successful in this marriage, or, or, or help me be successful at this job? God may or may not answer those prayers to his good purpose. The one prayer that God will always infallibly answer, that the, the prayer that, that you're guaranteed for God to answer, the one prayer is if you pray with a sincere heart, God, give me the graces I need for salvation. Amen. Give me what I need for salvation and give me the strength to, if you pray that prayer, consistently, sincerely, God will save you. That's what the Bible means. You know, and a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters get this wrong when he says, when you believe with a sincere heart, you will be saved. This is what it is saying. But it has to be applied. It has to be uh, actioned upon, uh, acted upon. Uh, you can't just say it. You can't just say, Lord, I love you, Lord, I believe you, and then sit on the couch. Your 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 feet have to, uh, you know, and 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 everything that you do, Terry, can be a prayer. Going out and mowing the lawn when it's ninety degrees outside, and it's the last thing that you want to do, can be a prayer. So, Lord, I really don't want to go out in this heat and mow this lawn, but I'll do it for you. Uh, I'll wash these dishes for you. Uh, at work, I, I really am having a difficult time with this grumpy boss who gives me all the nasty jobs but I'll do them for you. And all of that is part of what is, is, is uh, a variation of what you're talking about, fasting. It all comes down to right, what right, Jesus right. said. If you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. No and problem. anyone who thinks that they can be saved without the cross, they're just deceiving themselves. 
Well, and you know, and and I and I ask myself this all the time, and I and I always try to keep it at the forefront of my mind. Coworker or somebody that you know don't know me uh, personally, if they ask uh, to describe Terry in one word, um, I want that word to be Catholic. I want that word to be you know Christian. Uh, you know, maybe even a Jesus freak. You know, um, and this goes back to discipline and self mastery. I when whenever I'm at work, um, my my wife can attest to it. I do it all the time at the grocery stores, complete strangers. You know, I'm smiling and uh, you know I'll just tell a complete stranger, "Hey, God bless you. May the peace of Christ be upon you." You know, and that that takes discipline because you know it's. It's a scary thing to say those things in this day and age, in this world, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to get it out there. Nine times out of ten, I get a very positive reaction. Uh, every now and then, I get a, a you know somebody frown at me or something, look at me crazy. But that's what you would get into. Like wherever you go, be Jesus Christ to those that meet you. Right. You know. Does right. that make sense? No, what what you're saying makes perfect sense. Here's the test. If somebody who is an unbeliever <clears throat> looks at Terry Delp and says, you know, I, I don't know what a Christian is, but if that's a Christian, I want it. Then you've done your job right. as a Christian. But if somebody who is not a believer looks at Terry Delp and says, I don't know what a Christian is, but if that's what a Christian is, I don't want any parts of it. Well, then you <laughs> failed. Yeah. Then you then you yeah. have failed because you not only have not lived, you're not only guilty of not living up to what it means to be a Christian, but you're guilty of the sin of scandal because you scandalize the name of Christ. You've actually pushed somebody away from Christ. We have a caller, right. Terry. I believe, I believe this is Lewis. Lewis, is that you? Yeah. How are yes, you doing tonight, brother? I'm in my red brothers. Hey, God bless. God bless. But yes, we live our lives through examples, as it says in Matthew 1040. It has a very strong um, multiple meaning. Uh, Whoever welcomes my followers welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes my father. That's saying it all. But it's also saying that we have to, as you know, you said, be an example. If we set a bad example as a follower of Christ, that's how atheists are created. Those are people that fear Christianity are made. Mm-hmm. There will no. always be bad, you know, examples, but we have to make sure that the good are the ones that are the center of attention. And and always remember this, guys. Always remember um, that. And and uh, Jesus uh, always said this. I believe Jesus said this to Sister Faustina, among others. Always remember, God is closer to a a sinner who is sincerely repentant than he is to an objectively holy person who is sure and confident in his own holiness. Uh, the 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 re- sincerely repentant sinner has a greater chance of being being saved and here's the reason 
or here's one of the reasons. God can bring good out of any situation. Now, Terry, you did you did time in, in prison. And and I'm sure that if you went back and you could reorder your life and you could change your life, you would probably rewrite your life so that you did so so that that part of your life didn't repeat itself. Uh, but and yet, if I asked you today, were there things that you drew from your time in prison uh, that were positive, that made you a better person? You would say absolutely yes. Even in that terrible situation, God brought good of that, good out of that, that made you into the person that you are today. That's how that's how God works. He can he can. You know, uh, 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 Corey Ten Boom, uh, who was a Holocaust survivor, once said, there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Your comments, Terry? Oh, that, yeah. That, you know, that, that is so true. And I, and this whole thing, because um, I, I would have never become Catholic if I hadn't gone to prison. I would have ended up dead on the street somewhere. Um, but this whole thought about Christian discipline, um, Christian self-mastery. It, it's been, like I said, it's been in my mind um, for a while because um, I see a, a lot of um, effeminate uh, Catholics, you know, um, you know, and I don't mean effeminate as in as in gay. I'm just saying, like it seems like the 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 Milk roles Catholics, are, yeah. The roles of uh, of male and female just are getting kind of blurred, you know. And and I was wondering, like, what? So, and and and, and most of the time, these people are um, they over. I don't want to say over spiritualized, but like. Whenever you talk about Catholicism or Christianity, um, it's you know they never want to talk about the the physical realm. Well, the the battle for our souls is being fought right here in the physical realm. True, our bodies are going to pass away and you know uh, be glorified at, at on the last day. Um, but we still live in a in a physical world. Jesus said to be in the world, but not of the world. And so, you know, I just kept trying to trying to put words to how should a Christian man um, be, you know? And 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 what I came up with was, you know, what I had uh, wrote, and 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 that is that a Christian man should be a man. That is a Christian. Does I know that don't does that make sense? I agree. Um, I actually watched a video by a very strong Catholic and a very strong example of what a Catholic is, Matt Walsh. Oh yeah. He um he destroyed um leftism and you know all the things that are coming from it. For example, um, one of the new things the left is doing or they've been doing for a while, actually, is they're celebrating divorce. Specifically, from when a woman does it, they don't even look at um, if, you know, she was right or wrong to do it. And it doesn't matter either way, because whether she's right or wrong, they'll see her as right always. He said it himself. Uh, uh, 
divorce a few like decades ago it was viewed as a as a terrible thing to do unless of course the the marriage was abusive it, it was view, it was viewed as a um a broken promise but now it's be, these broken promises are being celebrated and that is no way for us to live by when we give our word to someone especially uh, a sacred promise we're supposed to try to honor that to the best of our ability. It's changing. And we're seeing it all over um, worldwide. More and more people are questioning why you even get married, um, things like that, especially men, because, I mean, the way society sets it up, women have more advantages in a marriage. I saw a, a video by another great Catholic group called TFP. They interviewed a city with a 0% divorce rate. And guess what religion the city was? Muslim. No. Roman Catholic. Oh, wow, okay. It's because that city was raised and it still exists today with so much tradition and value in the Catholic faith. Yeah. The people, when they marry, they know that it's a way to lift up our crosses and represent Christ through the, the family. People you know, understand I, what marriage actually is. Go ahead. I really believe, Lewis, that Sola Scriptura is at the root of so many of our our ills uh, in this world. Um, and, and, you know, it's taken 500 years to fully bear its, its bitter fruit, but um, – when you're allowed to just basically redefine things and give things new meanings and give things new interpretations, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not difficult. And, and Terry, I'm sure you'll back me up on this. I agree with you. If, if a person doesn't challenge themselves or a person has no need to challenge themselves, they're going to, uh, naturally draw to the least common denominator, the path of least resistance. Is that right, Terry? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, so when you have, when you have the experts like counselors, psychologists, teachers, uh, society, uh, and, and, and you're bombarded by these image, images on television and radio that are telling you, you can have it all. You deserve to have it all. You deserve to be happy. Um, you know, day after day after day, you're hearing these messages, and it builds marriage and it builds life up to this utopian idea that it's always going to be sunshine and rainbows. Uh, and I remember when I was growing up, when I was a kid, there was a song that came out by um, Loretta Lynn. Uh, called Rose Garden. I don't know if you remember the song. I beg oh, your yeah. pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. Yeah, and there, there's truth in that song. And too many people are going into marriage and they're going into life with this idea that they're entitled to perfect bliss and happiness in this world. That message comes from the devil. <laughs> this life is a cross. Oh, this life is That's a trial. Uh, to get to that ultimate happiness, if you go into a marriage thinking that it's going to be all warm puppies and rainbows, 
that's a marriage that's doomed to failure. It's doomed to failure. I, yeah, I, I don't know how agree. long it will last, but it's going to fail. Well, I want to add something to, strong. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. And it's going, going back to what you said about Celeste Scriptura. It's well, like it's how you explained it. Um, it gives the person the power to say what the Bible teaches. It gives the power the power of, it gives the person the power to to manipulate scripture however they want. That is the consequence of removing the church that Christ established to explain to us the objective meaning of scripture. Whether they like right. it or yeah. not, sola scriptura leads nothing to leads nothing but to subjectivity. Oh, and if you compare yeah. it, it's obvious just by the comparison with so many denominations, the tens of thousands there are in the Protestant faith, in comparison right. to how the Catholic Church is just one church, it's obvious. Right. But going back to the whole marriage thing, um, it's what you just said right now. Not just in marriage, but in general. We are being taught to have a very narcissistic way of thinking. And I would say um, specifically women with modern-day feminism are being taught this the most. And that goes, back, woman, to the, that go goes back to the that goes back to the original uh, topic, you know, because um, in contrast to what John was saying about, you know, uh, thinking that, you know, your old happiness, your old – if if you wake up every day thinking that that I mean of course you're going to be miserable because that's not reality, but if you wake up every morning and say Lord God thank you thank you Jesus Christ, prepare me for the day ahead you know make me strong enough to endure all the tribulations I'm about to go through this day you know when you submit yourself to the will of God when you master your yourself when you when you and when you're able to put your own wants and needs under and submit yourself to, to the will of God, that's that's the only way to find true happiness in this life or in the next, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, Terry, sometimes God's going to allow things. And, you know, we have, we have both God's uh, active will and his permissive will, okay? And sometimes God's going to allow things to come into your life that are just hard, difficult, tragic oh, yeah. even. Tragic even. Um, you know, it, 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 it's like, do you want to eat the jelly donut or do you want to eat the spinach? Well, of course you want to eat the jelly donut. But you understand in the long term the spinach is better for you. And these trials and tribulations and even tragedies that come into your life, God is not going to allow those things to come into your life unless he's bringing a greater good from that. Terry, we do, we got a caller uh, from area code 631. Do you happen to know who that might be? Oh, no, but go ahead and bring them on on. 631, you're on the four persons. How are you doing tonight? Brother Terry, thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for your teachings. I can't thank you enough. God be with you. Oh, thank you, brother. Who is this? My name is Arnold, not to be confused with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know we sound exactly alike. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you doing tonight, okay. sir? I'm doing great. So I, I, I need, can I, can, I, can I put in a prayer request? Can, is that possible on this show? 
Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be wonderful. All right, because uh, here, here's the problem that I have. Um, uh, I don't even know how to put this. So anyway, um, I unfortunately uh, had sex with my maid, and she got pregnant. And I want to pray, because I'm a married man, that, uh, let's see, she falls down the stairs and the baby's gone, if you know what I mean. Because I don't think this baby was meant for this earth. Can we pray for that? No, we no, can't. We, we can't, can't pray for that. Uh-uh. <laughs> No. Sorry. Why is that? Why would you make a request <laughs> like that? Well, Excuse me? sometimes whenever you sin, there's consequences to your sin. And that's kind of what this whole show is about tonight, is about uh, discipline, self-discipline. Uh, and, you know, whenever you don't discipline yourself and you give in to the pleasures of the flesh, when you give in to the pleasures of, of you know, sex, just for the pleasure of sex outside the unit of bond of marriage and 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 these things happen uh sometimes you just got to you you got to face it and uh accept whatever so, consequences might be so now you have a human life something maybe i can maybe i can explain things better um because it's a life we we can't really you know make that prayer request. But what we can do is suggest that you be honest with what happened. Um, you just try to reconcile, you know, things with your wife the best you can and try to raise that baby together the best you can. And maybe if there was a blessing in, in that, God can like how um, it was stated earlier, God can take something bad and turn it good. Um, maybe this is going to be what's meant for you. Um, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here, but you know, she's she's my maid, so maybe I mean I don't I don't want this to happen, but I know how this baby's not meant to be put on this earth because it's for all the wrong reasons, and I want the soul to return back to the Lord and and be placed in a better body. So I was wondering, maybe, well, how about if like my if my maid just you know when she's mopping, she slips on the I don't know the pine sole and and she loses the baby. I, yeah, I, I, have you, a, I have a feeling. I have a feeling you're not being sincere. That you're kind of being tongue in cheek here. But I'm going to take the bait and answer the question. Okay. I'm being sincere. I'm being sincere. Okay. So you're being sincere. So you would want you would want this child to be murdered, uh, in, in order. No. To, that's somehow going to. In other words, you okay? You you've taken you've done a wrong. You've admitted it. You've, uh, you know, repented of it. Okay, you're not the first person to fall into this uh, this particular sin. Saint Augustine had the same thing happen to him. He had a child out of uh, a marriage. Now the question is: Are you going to try and take this bad situation and bring some good out of it, or are you going to take a bad situation and make it even worse? Or are you going to pour gasoline onto the fire? This child, uh, regardless of the circumstances and how this child was conceived, was conceived in the image and likeness of God. You don't know what plans God has for this child. God can still do great things with this child, even if this child was not brought into the world in the, the ordinary means and the means by which a child should be brought into the world. So... Let me ask you this: Is your is, is your wife uh, uh, aware of what you of what's happened? Have you talked to her? 
No, but does this mean I have to fire my maid? Does it mean you can still have a healthy relationship with her? Um, but I just just set boundaries, I guess. Well, again, but this goes back to this goes back to the topic of the show, brother. Uh, I mean, you uh, you sin. There's a consequence of your sin. Now, you can't kill an innocent child because Jesus Christ said that um, if you so much as harm one of the hairs on one of these little ones, that it'd be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and for you to be cast into the middle of the ocean. So even contemplating the death of the baby is a, is a sin in and of itself. So you, you just need to just man up and, uh, you know, face the consequences of, of your wrongdoing, you know, apologize to your wife. And, um, I mean, yeah, if you had sexual relations with your maid, uh, she she should probably not be in your house anymore. I mean, if that's coming, I mean, just that's that's the whole purpose of this this the, tonight. We're talking about discipline. We're talking even, about self mastery. And even after after talking to your pastor, <laughs> even if you decide that the best thing to do is to put this child up for adoption. That's still a better alternative than the, the slipping on the floor scenario. So uh, what you need to do is you need to try to learn from this situation. You made a mistake. Don't put yourself in the, in the uh, near proximity of, of, of stumbling and making this mistake again. And try and figure out how uh, you and your wife can grow and, and, and be whole recover from this situation. Not the first person that this has happened to. And right. if I could add something real fast, um, just something real quick. Another solution is to have the child, of course, and just, you know, give her custody of the child and just help her out financially and visit the child, you know. And, you know, you'll still have your primary time with, with your, 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 your wed life, you know, your, your wife. But you're still, you know, being fair to the child and it won't affect your life as much this way. Because I bet what what worries you is that you know that it might affect your marriage with your wife, correct? Yeah, of course. But the thing is that guys, I, I really respect everything you're saying. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you're saying. But I'm not looking to murder a child in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying that you know God works in mysterious ways with earth and nature with storms with the sun with the rain i'm saying that can we pray for an accident may she you know i have a horse for example what if she can we pray that god maybe if if it's god's will the horse kicks her in the the right spot and she loses the baby i'm not looking for murder but can we pray for something like that if an accident should happen no 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 uh in fact um no we can't do that and um to even ask uh, such a thing is 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 repugnant, brother. Um, I'm gonna ask John to go ahead and mute you, and we'll move on with the show. Uh, Let me just say so one then, last thing. Here's what you want to here's what you want to pray for. You want to pray for two things. You want to pray that God's will be done in this situation, and you want to pray that God gives you the grace to submit to His will and do His will in this situation. That's the prayer that you want to say. So you know what? Um, 
Terry, I'm going to go ahead and ask you uh, to say a prayer at this point uh, for that uh, for that intention, and uh, we'll uh, we'll, I'm we'll let Arnold that. have a good I'm night. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, gentlemen. I'm going to. Thank I'm you. listening to you. I need guidance. That's why you call, I call for advice, and I'm going to go through with this baby, and I'm going to thank God for this because everything has a reason, and uh, I'm going to do my best, and I'm going to confess to my wife and be humble the way Jesus taught us to be. Maybe I need a lesson in humility. Well, God bless you, Arnold. We'll be praying for you. And uh, Terry, if you would, lead us really quick in a, in a prayer for that intention right now. Okay, I'm gonna say this Hail Mary for for that particular intention. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Arnold, call back again anytime. You're welcome to call back anytime you want to call in on this show. God bless you. All right. God, God bless that, you. And, and and that that call really, um, I mean it it really does fit into tonight's topic, and that that is discipline, that is self mastery. I've I've seen so many of these supposed supposed to be red pilled conservatives, uh, uh, talking heads, talk about how masculine it is. To to you know run through uh, females to have a, a you know high sexual body count and how this is somehow masculine but it's not. It's, it's let me weak. just say this. It's, let me let me, Terry. I want I want to just say this because it's very very important. Okay. Um, okay. So men by nature are more voyeuristic than women. That is that is a scientific fact. And, you know, people say that pornography uh, objectifies and, and, uh, and uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, objectifies and takes advantage of women. Uh, and, it, and it does. But what people need to understand is that pornography also objectifies and takes advantage of men because it hits them where, where they're weak. And in this society that we live in, people are absolutely bombarded with sexual imagery morning, noon, and night in the songs, in the radio, in the television, in the print ads, in the media. They're absolutely bombarded with this. Uh, and if you do not put on the full armor of God and understand that the devil is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, you're going to get devoured. It's going to happen. Uh, the worst thing that a man can do is think himself too strong. Uh, and it takes humility to get strong because you realize you're not strong. And I'd like to hear both of your comments on that. Well, I think, exactly. um, yeah, I agree 100%. When you, when you start trusting your own physical strength, uh, I mean, you're, you're a man. So, and, you know, we're in, 
we're, we're, we're finite. So, of course, our, our, our physical strength is going to fail. And that's that was my whole purpose for bringing this topic on tonight is because we should be trusting in the strength of Christ. Philippians 4, chapter 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in order to be strong Christian men, we've got to always remember that our strength comes from Jesus Christ. Our strength comes from the king that we serve. And, and, and you know, like I said, I've been seeing this weakness, the, the, the sexual immorality that you described, like, that's in all the songs and every movie. Hey, I, you let know, me ask I'm you like, this, Terry. Let me just ask you a simple question. Who do you think was the best boxer that you've ever seen in your life? Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones, oh, he was unbelievable. That guy was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so would you, in his prime, would you step in the ring with Roy Jones Jr.? Uh, if the purse is right, yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, right now, without training, without preparing for it, would you – Step in today with in the ring with Roy Jones Jr. Oh, today? Yeah, I might got a shot today. He's old. I'm saying if today against no, Roy Jones Jr. in his prime. Without, I know what you're saying. Without training, um, no, of course. I, would I step okay. in knowing that I could win? No, of course not. Um, right. So why would somebody <laughs> step in the ring with the devil? That's a fight you're going to lose. Okay. Right. And yet, and yet, that's what people do. They they want to step in the ring with the devil. Okay. Uh, you know, they think, well, you know, I can resist. I can overcome temptation. Look, you're a fool. You're a fool if you think that. You're a fool if you think that you can step in the ring with the devil and win. Okay. The easiest way to win is to not step in the ring. All right, step in the ring with God. All right, be in his ring and let him have the fight with the devil. And sometimes God's fight with the devil is through you, but it's God's grace. It's God's power. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of people need to understand that, uh, you know, they're trying to fight a fight themselves that's that's bigger than them. Lewis, I'd like to hear your comments. That is exactly right. And God will give us, will, you know, help us fight. He will fight the fight for us, but of course we still need to cooperate with him. And we cooperate with him, of course, through the sacraments and, you know, constant repentance, which also was followed under the sacraments. We cooperate with him through perseverance. And we persevere. How do we persevere? Well, by trusting in him, by doing what he says. God is going to win the battle, and it's going to be, like you said, through us, but we do it through cooperation in our personal battles. Of course, he's going to win the battle overall, even if we choose to, for example, even if individuals choose to walk away. But for our individual battles, we win that battle through cooperation with God, Amen, and 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 also, because um, I, 
the when you say your rosary every day, when you when you when you uh, do a novena, or when you you know you pick a a, a particular uh, de- devotion, maybe every day at noon you you're praying the Angelus. The more you open yourself up to God, the stronger you become spiritually. And, and I'm not disagreeing with you, John. We don't individually beat Satan. It's only, like it said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens Through Christ. When, when, through Christ, when, when yes. The, when the temptation comes through Christ, I can resist it. But if I'm not always every day, that's it's, it's like you were saying about training. If I'm not every day leaning on Christ for everything, if I'm not uh, strengthening myself physically by by you know fasting and praying, um, you know doing push-ups and sit-ups to to keep my body in check, you know, uh, making making myself fall down to the will of God, if I do that daily, when the temptation comes, it's like, okay, I've been training for this fight for a while now. Okay, when the temptation comes, I I can win through Christ because I've been practicing how to do this for a while now. And the other thing about it, Terry. Too many times we think that – you know, oh, I'll just pray, and I know God's going to protect me. Well, that's like you were saying about sitting on the couch, and, 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 you know, I mean, it's like if I'm sitting on the couch and praying, Lord, please somehow find a way for me to get to church, and I'm just sitting on the couch. Right. You know, uh, you know, it, it don't work like that. You've got to participate. Yep. Hey, Terry, we're just about up, the, uh, 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 up at the uh, end of the show so uh, let's, let's right. get some let's get some closing thoughts. I want to start first by saying that uh, not only is Terry relying on those prayers and adoration and those sacraments in order to strengthen him for the fight, but he's got his friends in his corner. We're praying for him too. So when you see a brother that that's struggling, a brother mm-hmm. that's going through a hard time, Terry, how many times I've known you for years now? How many times have I told you, hey brother, will you pray for me? I'm going through a rough spot. And and uh, yes, sir. and and you know what? I know when I ask Terry Delp to pray for me, I know Terry Delp is going to pray for me. So uh, hey, right. uh, I got a question for you here, real quick, from uh, Chantel Rains, our our social media uh, manager. She wants to ask this question of all three of us: What currently bothers us in our moral, moral and spiritual life? And uh, share with us your thoughts. Lewis, let's start with you. What currently bothers you in your moral and spiritual right, life? Having the patience I need for the right Catholic woman. Hello? Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Having the, having the patience that I need to find the right Catholic woman. Oh, that gives me something to pray for right there. You will be in <laughs> my prayers, brother. All right, Terry, now it's your turn. Uh, By the way, we're in the archive now, so uh, those who are listening live. I'm uh, I'm still, um, I'm I'm getting better at it, uh, but I'm still quick-tempered. And 
even even when I'm defending God, uh, my tongue can be really sharp and my vocabulary can get really vulgar uh, real quick. Uh, so that's one of the things. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm dealing with. Yeah. So I'll tell you um, honestly, the thing that uh, that I struggle with in my in my uh, spiritual life, my moral and spiritual life, is the thing that I've I've struggled with uh, all my life. Um, and I'll just be honest with you, it's low self image. Uh, I measure myself up against the people around me, against my friends, against the people I work with, against the people. And, and I'm, I'm constantly haunted by this, this image that I don't measure up, that I'm not good enough, that what I bring is not as good as, as, you know, what every, what everyone else is, is contributing. And I know that's the devil uh, whispering in your ear, but it's a struggle. And it's something that, uh, that I constantly have to be aware of. And I constantly have to, have to combat and um and, and you know that's what friends are for we lift each other up when we're when we're you know when we're going through all those all those kind of things lewis would you end us with a closing prayer please in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit i thank you jesus christ for bringing us together through the holy spirit the third dark person of the trinity in being your tools and servants and even hopefully good examples for your people. I pray that you give us, as I said before, the, the grace to cooperate and persevere until the end, to always bring glory to your name. And as Brother John has mentioned various times, not to forget that this is about you and bringing others to salvation through your Holy Spirit. I pray that you always keep our minds in this goal, that you help us, through your grace, overcome any trials or tribulation, that you help us to bring people that have given up on the faith back to the faith, to the church that you started, and to forgive us when we fail, and to give us the strength to always please you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 I love you, brothers. You guys have a great week. And uh, until next time, this is the four persons. God bless.